Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Listeners, it's Christina here, and I have the gorgeous and brilliant Mary by my side. And we are super excited to get into this week's episode because we are talking about reinvention, specifically self reinvention. And so, before we get into the series that we're going to pull from to talk about this topic, I thought I'd define it a little bit. What, what does that word mean? And so in coaching, specifically when we talk about reinvention, we're usually looking about who we're being about stuff, which when I say who we're being, by ways of being, I'm referring to the differences between when you have confidence versus when you're unconfident, when you are someone who celebrates versus someone that always looks for what's wrong, when you're someone who feels most connected to others versus when you're more in touch with yourself. And on the flip side, perhaps, when you're a people pleaser versus someone who's a little selfish or standoffish. So these are just several of millions of different ways of being. And what we want to focus on is characters that actually take on reinventing who they're being in the moment. Anything you'd add to that, Mary? Only that I was so excited to talk about these two animes today because they're so cute. They are. So with that being said, do you want to kick us off with sharing the first one? Yeah. So Kimi Nito Doke, or I think it's from me to you in the English. Um, it's like a high school love story and it's like the start of love and romance. But I think one of the things that I love about the series specifically is the, one of the main characters, Sawako, aka Sadako. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But Sawako is scary looking. I mean, if you think of a Japanese ghost story like The Ring, this is who she looks like. And she has dark black hair. It's really long, uh, very pale skin, black eyes. And so when people see her, they're automatically scared of her. And as a result, uh, she has a lot of trouble fitting in. And she's also an introvert. But I I just love her. We'll talk more about it. But she's just a really kind-hearted, gentle character. And I think her reinvention is just a pleasure to watch. Yeah, so let's dive into it a little bit. Because first of all, what really amazes me about Sawako is she has no idea how scary she is. Like people, like she will, in her own self-perception, be just like smiling and waving. And what people see is the gaunt flashlight in front of the face, like spooky aura which is why she gets the nickname Sadako, because that is the girl from the ring. And between her long hair, her gangly limbs, that's kind of what she comes off as sometimes. And I think it's really important to emphasize that because while we're in the reinvention conversation, reinvention starts with being aware of what's going on. And I think Sawako's greatest hurdle to cross is she just has no idea. Like she just sees herself as this sweet little introverted cinnamon roll and 
and she doesn't get the impact that her physical presence has on people. And it, it really takes Kazahaya reflecting something else in her for her to start to consider that maybe she could be more than the friendless introvert that she's become. Yeah, I mean, there have been, there are scenes where she's mumbling to herself in the bathroom. It's because she doesn't have friends, but because she's mumbling to herself, people think that she's speaking to ghosts. Or she'll look far off in the distance and people are like, what is she looking at? So definitely there's something about her presence that she's totally oblivious to. And also she under, like she knows that she offsplits people and that's kind of like an automatic for her. But it still doesn't quite sink in the level of fear that she can cause in others. Yeah. And so I'm curious, Mary, on one hand, I, I do want to preface something because we're making fun of her a lot, you know, that spooky side of her. But I, I want to be clear, like re- reinvention isn't, isn't necessarily about giving up all of those parts of you. It's more just about like noticing if who you currently are is getting in the way of what you want. And it, what I love about what you pointed to, Mary, is like Sawako wants friends and she wants connection. And so what she needs to be responsible for is currently how she comes off to people <laughs> isn't the most inviting or warm or welcoming. So what do you, like, what would you say, Mary, if you were working with her as a coach, what would be some of the things that you might point to or work on with her around this? Um, so there are two things that come to mind for me specifically for her. One is that she, the, one of the things that I admire about Saoko is that she speaks her truth. Like she she always follows her own internal compass, moral compass. And I think one of the things that I would work with her on is just like voicing that more because she's so introverted and so scared that oftentimes she's just misunderstood because she doesn't know how to communicate well. So definitely like in her communication, I would work on her, work with her um, and how she's coming off. And then the other thing um, that comes up for me for her is just like something around like uh, voice and leadership, just like being a little bit more assertive because she is very gentle and sometimes it would serve her to be a little bit stronger like uh, we're going to talk the other anime we're talking about later is the wallflower and you'll see the difference in the two characters but one of the things that I would love to work on with Sawako is like access to her anger what does it look like when you're really angry and how can we bring that out intentionally empowered what about you Christina yeah I think for me so One of the reasons why I love coaching in general is because oftentimes like we try to, we try to take on transformation ourselves, but it's almost like trying to put on makeup without having a mirror. Like you might put your eyeshadow on perfectly or you might, you know, uh, be flawless with your concealer application, but it's so much easier when there's something there to reflect what's going on. And what I might have Sawako do on purpose is actually go and get reflections from the people in her life. And I think the series does a really great job of doing this naturally because in some ways, Kazahaya, even though he's a love interest, is unknowingly also her coach in the series because he's the one that you know points to like, oh, you're so sweet. Oh, you're so generous. Oh, I noticed that you're doing these things because you want to have friends. And then later on in the series, you also see Yoshida and Yano, the the two girls that are in a lot of ways officially her first two friends, 
also begin to reflect like, hey, Sabako, when you smile like that, it's scary as hell. That's not what a cute smile looks like. This is what a cute smile looks like. Like they're actually there to help champion the behavior that she says that she wants to take on. And so while the series already intuitively does that, I think as a coach, I'd be really deliberate in having her get responsible for and notice if what she thinks she is projecting is what's coming back and and how people are reflecting it back to her. Yeah, and I think there's something around that for me, like when I watch the series that speaks to authenticity. Like here she is, she's trying so hard, but that's the thing, right? She's trying hard and she's not really being herself. And it's like in those moments when you're not acting from a place that's genuine or sincere, she comes off as weird. You know, she comes off as creepy and scary. And so there's also that conversation that I love. It's like, well, what does it look like when we're actually living our truths, our authenticity, and embracing all sides of ourselves? Oh my God. Part of the reason why I love that so much is because, like I mentioned before, reinvention is not about throwing out who you are. It's just about taking on new forms on purpose. And to me, the most successful reinvention is when you can integrate the old you and the new you. And one of my favorite parts of the series is when they're planning, you know, their school activity, which is to be the haunted path. And Sawako volunteers to be the ghost because she actually realizes that this is the one, the one situation in life where her creepiness will create the fun experience that she wants people to have of her on purpose. And so you see how excited she gets to scare people on purpose. Like she now has choice. She gets to choose being creepy and she gets to choose it in a way where people are in on it. And while they're terrified in the moment, they, they enjoy themselves more as a result of that. Yeah. And I think that was such a beautiful moment because it's actually that moment that propelled her to start building all these different relationships. It's when she started embracing rather than fighting all these different aspects of herself that kind of lead her to this. And throughout the series, I think people start to relate to her differently as she goes through that because there is one moment where they were playing soccer um, and she's moving really quickly and they're like, is she teleporting, you know, like a ghost? Is she just appearing magically in different spaces? And then after they're like, wow, she's so fast and she's so agile, kind of shifting the conversation from how creepy she was to this, this, this uncanny quickness that she has to move around the field. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, now that we've referenced a couple different times, the different spookiness and occultic and ghost-like qualities of Sawako, I thought it might be a wonderful time to start transitioning into the other anime we want to talk about, The Wallflower. Sound good to you? Yes. I mean, The Wallflower. And so our main character here is Tsunako not to be confused with Sawako, who also has this gorgeous black hair and is very pale. And um, the thing about Tsunako that differs from Sawako is that she just embraced her horror-loving introverted self from the get-go. She had this incident where she confessed to a boy and the boy told her she was ugly. And as a result, she was like, okay, then I'm gonna give up on how I look. And I'm just going to go and live my best horror-ridden life. So she makes friends with her skeleton. She has a toy skeleton that is her friend. And um, she comes from a very wealthy family. She moves in with her aunt, who is renting the home to these set of beautiful men. 
Yeah, what I love about The Wallflower as a series is I actually hadn't heard of it before. Mary recommended it to me when we were talking about this episode. And when I first watched it, my first instinct was that, is this like an Oran High School Host Club parody? Like, you can't, for for those of you who don't get the, the reference, like, it's it's like the harem genre on crack. Like, you have these over-the-top four beautiful men that are revered by everyone in the high school. And, you know, this mistress basically being like, I'll give you free housing if you get Sunako to be less of a freak. And it just becomes this like crazy adventure of trying to have Sunako come out of her shell. Because I think to your point, Mary, she does absolutely embrace and like let her freak flag fly. But in a lot of ways, she also chose that persona as protection and as a, a shield from the rejection that she faced because she told herself, if I'm just creepy on purpose, I don't have to worry about being, being beautiful or being accepted because I've chosen the thing that people don't accept anyway. Yeah, and it's when she starts living with these beautiful men that she actually starts questioning that and you see more of her access to her power because she is really strong and she's, unlike um, Sawako, she's super athletic. And she has a lot of, um, she has a really strong persona, a really strong character that when she intentionally uses it, she comes out as this beautiful woman with violet eyes and black hair. And you're, it's undeniable. Kind of like when Sawako has her moments when she actually smiles authentically and you're like, wow, she's so pretty. So definitely you see those moments and it's just a lot of fun because what this anime does is that in those moments when she's choosing, the artist draw her as this beautiful woman, but then when she's totally in her horror life and in the introverted side, she changes into this small little character with no definition. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for shows and I've mentioned this in other episodes as well. I'm a sucker for shows when the visual storytelling matches like the narrative storytelling and how great in a in a episode about reinvention do we have a character who literally when she is in that tiny small automatic story about herself is this pudgy acne riddled amorphous blob and then the minute she chooses confidence chooses beauty chooses owning who she is like i'll never forget the first time kyohei and the rest of the guys see her and they're like who the F is that? Like, it's just a completely different experience, which is why I thought it would be really cool to actually talk about, you know, we're talking about reinvention for the self, but I thought it would also be cool to use these series to talk about how does our reinvention or, or lack thereof sometimes affect the people around us. Yeah, there's this, there's this one really great episode in The Wallflower in which, um, she is, uh, Sunako turns beautiful. She takes a potion and she actually turns into a lady, like a well-bred lady. And you see the impact that this has on the men in her life because they're like, oh my God, please take her away. This is not who we want anymore. They've now seen this, this Sunako that is both power and strength, but it's also like tomboyish and also can hang out with the boys rather than this very ladylike version that they thought they wanted, but realized that when they have access to her, it's not really what they want. Yeah, I love that. And I, what I hear in that is when we choose to reinvent ourselves on purpose, 
it actually gives people access to parts of us that they didn't even know they wanted. And it might even help them transform their own relationship to how they think they should be. Because I think what's great about Kyohei and Yuki and, you know, these beautiful men in general is, yeah, they're, they're beautiful and they're admired, but they're kind of two-dimensional, which is at the start at least, which is why when I first watched the series, I thought it was a parody show because they are just so over-the-top vain and filled with themselves. And Yuki in particular is just such an asshole to poor Sunako. Like he is so blunt about how creepy she is. And what I notice is it's almost like as she gains access to her expression of herself, regardless of whether the expression is traditional beauty or not, it has these men really take a closer look at themselves of like, oh, we've, we've really been on the beauty train. We've really cared about the physical appearance. Are there parts of our own characters that we keep in the dark or we don't let come out and play? Yeah, similarly in... Um with Sawako, there's this beautiful moment where she's talking to her rival who also has a crush on the main character on Kazahaya. And um, you see that she plays off this character, this persona is really sweet and very popular. And it's in her interactions with Sawako, with like Sawako being at her best, that she realizes that she drops the facade and actually gains access to a more truer version of herself. And you see the impact that she has, not just on her, but on other people as she's sharing her notes, as she's inviting them into her world, as she's baking cookies for them, you know, as they see her in a different light, which is pretty cool and brings them, I think, a different level of connection and just like self-awareness, you know, especially for the people that are closest to them. Yeah, you know, the other thing I'm just realizing is obviously there are a lot of parallels between Kimini Todoke and the Wallflower, the characters' names, their physical appearances. But the other thing I notice about it is both of their stories of transformation, oftentimes the antagonist or, or the obstacle in the way is this perception of what beauty is supposed to be. And I think what's really incredible is for both of these women, they get to divine they get to define beauty on purpose. Like, yeah, they, they explore the traditional routes. They make themselves look pretty. They focus on their hair. They try using different bows and pins and makeup and magical potions where, where required in uh, Sunako's case. But ultimately, it's not just about choosing the opposite of what they currently are, but really about exploring all of it and then choosing who they want to be and get to be authentically on purpose. And it's why I love the series so much, both of these series so much, because to your point, as a result, the other characters get to reflect and go, huh, do I want some of that? You know, is there more to me than what meets the eye? Yeah, totally. And I think as I'm watching these two shows, I'm thinking of myself too, and just reflecting on like, oh, what does beauty mean to me? And how do I look at it? You know, what does it mean to live more authentically and from my truth? And I think this this podcast is actually part of my truth, which is pretty cool. So in a way, it's I see that kind of connection here too. Oh, that's so sweet. I can't follow that up. I'm shallow and heartless. So we should probably start to wrap things up here. Mary. Christina. My sweet. My sweet salmon roll of transformation and authentic expression. What do you want our What do you want our listeners to walk away with if if they somehow skipped the first twenty minutes and they only made it to this part of the episode? Yeah, what do you want them to leave with from here? 
Um, I think two things. Um, one is where are you not living your truth? What are those areas that you keep hidden and where are you being weird about it? So I would love some shares and to hear what people have to say. I'm happy to share some of my own too. And I think the other thing is like perception, you know, how are you, what is your perception of yourself and how are you presenting yourself to the world? And what does that look like for you? What about you, Christina? Ooh, yeah. To piggyback off of that question, like we mentioned this before, but one of the things that fascinates me about Kimini Todoke is how Sawako has no idea. Like it almost makes me think of a lobster who's like, you know, super hard on the outside and then this ooey gooey soft thing on the inside. And for Sawako, it's the creepy exterior with the sweet, gentle interior. And so if you're looking for yourself, I'm curious, like, what do you notice doesn't match up? Like, what about your outsides doesn't match your insides that you are aware of? And if you're, if you're not aware of any of it, hey, maybe you're just super authentic and that's super awesome. But if, in the event you think there might be something there, I actually invite you to go ask other people. Like, again, use the, use the people in your life as a sounding board so you could start to get curious. And when you figure it out, I'd love to know. Yes, please rate, comment, subscribe, follow us on Coach Sakupad. Love to hear your thoughts and your stories on this. Yeah, and the other ask that I have is what other series, I notice it tends to fall into like the slice of life shows and the, the more like uh, shujo shows. But these these characters that are kind of weird, but also beloved, like Fruits Basket's another one that has one of these, or on High School Host Club. What are some of your favorite series where there's that character that starts one way at the beginning and goes through their own personal reinvention? And, you know, are they a character that's worth us talking about as well? Do you want to see an episode on them or an episode on their journey? And if so, please recommend it because... I don't think I've ever had more fun doing research on anything in my life because it literally just means having up my favorite streaming service and watching anime all night and saying that it's for work. The hours I've spent watching anime prepping for this show is so amazing and I'm so happy that I get to do that and call it work. Quote unquote work. Quote unquote work. So yeah, with that in mind, Mary and I are going to sign off and keep diligently working to produce quality content. And in the meantime, like, subscribe, comment, and we'll catch you in next week's episode. Take care. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.